0: Good evening. Hi there. How are you doing? When I was a lad, uh, maybe about nine, ten years old, my mum took me down to the post office in Kentish Town and opened up a post office savings account. And it, I, I, it was only for probably less than maybe 50 pence or in today's money, uh, probably less than a pound at the time. Uh, but it, it seemed like a lot to me and she, she, she wanted to encourage me to, to save money. And, uh, you know, I've still got that book somewhere because it was an old uh, paper kind of book that they used to give you and stamp it and write it by hand and stamp it as you as you put more money in or drew money out. And uh, the post office tried to get the book off me. They said, we're changing the book, send it back. And I, I didn't send it back. I didn't have much money in there as I used it over the years. And um, I, I didn't have a proper bank account until my, my late teens, 17, 18 or something, when I actually... You know, 16, 17, when I actually opened a proper bank account with a checkbook, I'd always just use this post office savings account. And that post office, uh, then when they hived off the post office, because it all used to be, I mean, the post office used to be the post office, the post office bank and uh, the the telecoms uh, the, the the. the, the telephone system and what's now British Telecom used to be just part of the post office. It was all government owned, nationalized business. And uh, that, then it was eventually hived off and and, and it became National Savings. And, and now it's NSNI, National Savings and uh, Investments. And they are offering the best rates for savings. If you just want to open a simple account, put the money in uh, and and take it out and and not have any tie-ins, they're paying 1% with no minimum payments or or early withdrawals. And that's probably about the best savings rate you can get in the the UK at the moment. And it's rock solid because it's it's a government-owned institution. Uh, So you know, you haven't got any fears about uh, a a bank collapsing or or whatever. It's just there. I think you can find the the website. Just just look up National Savings. I think it's nsandi.com. So that's nsandi.com to get all the the rates. Uh, They also offer a premium bond, uh, which is 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 the old premium bond, which is a bit like a lottery where people put money in and they, they pay out prizes every month. They say it's equivalent to 1.4% variable rate uh, over the years, but you could win a prize of 50, you know, up to a million pounds in a premium bond. I, I had one years ago. I'm not sure I've got it anymore, but I never won anything on it. There's also a junior ISA paying up to 3.25% tax which is tax free there's income bonds where you can tie your money up for longer paying 1.15 1.16 and and there's isas and direct savers and and different types of accounts now these don't sound very exciting rates but you know with base rates at almost zero at the moment it's not bad and the reason they're paying this is because the government need to raise money the government need to raise money to pay for all this stuff that they're doing you know all these bike lanes and uh, and and all the furlough schemes and the re- retention schemes and the 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 bounce back loans that their guarantees and the grants and, and and all the help they're doing for business uh, and which, which includes rate support council tax support all that stuff is going to cost something like 300 billion over the years and that's before we've seen unemployment rise so they need money and one of the ways of ways of raising money is to get the public to to invest in government backed bonds like they did in the war the war bonds in, in America and the UK they, they raise billions through these you know war bonds these posters we need you you know that finger pointed at you um, Lord Kitchener and and this is a way of raising money so they've been told they've got to raise 35 billion so they've put the rates up the banks are not going to be happy because they're, they're not competitive at the moment uh, so it's, it's a good way to save now there is another scheme called help to save where th- this is this is an unbeatable thing you put the money in and then after a certain amount of Time they give you a 50% bonus, however, it it is only for people on very low incomes probably, effectively, people on sort of income support universal credit. But it's there, it's designed to help uh, the lowest paid try and save some money uh, rather than always be dependent on uh, you know not only the state but always be dependent on credit, which can be very, very expensive. And I'll I'll come on to that in a second because the lowest pay paid and, and the people with the least amount of money all seem to pay the most for for credit and loans um, you know the, the less the more well hilled you are the the better rate you'll get on a mortgage and on on a loan, etc. People will just throw money at at you at very low rates, but people who really need the money always seem to get the raw deal. Uh, And and there is something also called a lifetime ISA where you get a 25% bonus if you invest up to £4,000 and it's aimed at first-time buyers aged 18 to 39. This replaced the rather better scheme, which was the help to buy ISA, uh, which, which was phased out last year, but... It's still a way of earning 25% bonus. So, you know, on, on £4,000, you can get a £1,000 added on. You can't get that anywhere in a guaranteed type of investment. So it's still worth having. Now, the reason I mention this is because, I, you know, after I've always been interested in money and I went into financial advice myself and I was in financial services for 25 years, working for banks, insurance companies uh, and for myself. And then I wrote a book about money called Yes, Money Can Buy Your Happiness. And over the years, I've seen thousands of people and looked at their financial situation and found that most people don't save very much. They don't have much backup savings. And we can see this now with with all of the coronavirus stuff going on, that people who've worked all their lives and say, well, I've lost my job or I'm on furlough. I've got no money. They say, I can't afford my rent. I can't afford my mortgage. I've only got a month's money left. And, and it's true that most people are, are, are no more than about three paychecks away from bankruptcy or financial disaster or losing their home. And and this is true of people, I think, particularly in Britain and America, maybe not so in countries like in, in, in Germany, in Europe and places like that and, and other European countries and in Japan, where people are, do save a lot of money. We've got out of that habit of saving and we, we're, we're, we're more in, into spending and getting fast credit which I think should be just called fast debt you know it's not fast credit it's just a fast way of getting into debt and we know that credit cards throw money at people we know that credit cards give people far too big uh, 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 a credit limit you know people can r- routinely get five ten thousand pound credit limit just like that and then when you go up to it they send you a letter saying would you like a bit more we can increase your credit limit sometimes they do it automatically and this this is because people haven't got any Contingency fund. They haven't got any savings whatsoever. So, you know, far from, we're not even talking about pensions here. We're just talking about emergency contingency funds that you need when your car breaks down, the washing machine goes and you need £500. And, and what do you do if you haven't got that little bit of savings? Well, you go and start borrowing money. There's even an ad on TV where, you know, the, the ladies, uh, this woman comes out with her three kids and and, they, and the washing machine is broken. They haven't got any money to fix it. And then this bubble appears and, and somebody's talking to us saying, oh, we can give you money. And it's something like the Wonga.com type of situation. And, and they, they said, we'll have that done in a jiffy and the nice friendly face. And, and people don't realise that they're paying a lot of money for this sort of credit. In fact, some of these short term credit loans and, and credit companies and, and payday loans and the Wongas, they can charge an annualised rate of over 90%. Yeah, 90%. Now, people don't see it that way because they say it's not 90%, I'm only paying 25%. Well, no, you're paying 25% for uh, three months or two months, but the the annualized rate works out at maybe 90%. Now, I'm just giving a a blunt example there, but what looks, if you're borrowing money for three months and you're paying X amount, that's not the annualized rate. That's not the real rate. So if you borrow 500 pounds, for instance, and it, it they're added on interest of say 160 pounds that 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 is that is not really just what you think it is that is not uh, you know it that that rate works out to over 90 percent um so you, you've got to be very careful uh, about borrowing this and look at the APR, which is the annualised percentage rate. Now lenders say, well, this has nothing to do. With APR is irrelevant because we're not charging the loan over a year. Same if you go to a pawnbroker and you you pawn your gold ring or something, and and they 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 give you money. That that could be very very expensive borrowing. So it's always worthwhile having a little bit of money put aside so that you don't need to go to the the these sort of companies. And the lowest paid, the people who are really you know, on the breadline, they end up with loan sharks who can charge rates of of, into thousands of percents, you know, 4,000%. You know, these illegal lenders and and, and what used to be called loan sharks. And and they're the worst ones. And people can get really tied in badly with these people who sort of knock on your door. Uh, So so be very careful of that. But even the high street banks, the legitimate banks, they're charging over 40% for an overdraft now. And the credit card companies are still charging 16, 20% routinely, sometimes even 30% on a credit card, despite the fact that we've got you know, historically low base rates. Now, base rates means that the banks can get hold of this money at virtually next to nothing, and they're lending it out to us at sixteen to twenty to thirty to forty percent, uh, which is a complete ripoff. You know, even mortgages. You know, if you if you're getting a mortgage of three percent, it sounds low, but really, when when the, the, the rate that they're getting the money is is almost minuscule, they're char- They're making more profit on that than when they were they were they were making. Uh, uh, giving out mortgages at 12% when the base rates were at 10%, if you know what I mean. So, you know, the, the borrowing money is very, very expensive at those sort of rates. And if you do need money, I think you should go to things like credit unions or, or look for cheaper ways of, of getting a borrowing money if you if you do need it. But borrowing money to buy consumer goods, as, as Warren Buffett said, is, is a pretty dumb idea borrowing money on credit cards to buy stuff that goes down in value is, is bad borrowing. It's dumb borrowing. And, and that's why uh, Warren Buffett owns credit card companies. He owns a piece of Visa and MasterCard and, and several banks. Uh, so he said it's, he even admits it's dumb. And yet he makes a lot of money lending to what he would call dumb people, if you like, uh, people who are perpetually in debt. And it, and it can be a big problem. He also said that, you know, you, you, someone came to him and asked for advice on investing a small amount of money. And he said, well, have you got any credit card debt? And the person said, yes. He said, what are you paying on that? And they said, 18%. He said, well, just pay that off. I can't, even if I put you in my best fund, I can't promise to make you 18%. Uh, so he can't make that. So why not just pay off the debt instead of, you know, having said that, you still need some emergency contingency fund. And, you know, I'm just saying that at the moment, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, national savings is a pretty good deal because the government are backing them and the government want to raise 35 billion. So they're up in the the ante and paying the best rates on national savings. So, So there you go. So I've still got my old post office book. Um, I, I haven't put much money in it recently. It's probably an obscure account. I've just kept the book as a, as a souvenir. I, I, it might sound a bit nerdy, but I sort of collect old bank books. I've got one down here somewhere. Um, it's just just a bit of fun, really. Um, but th- but there you go. So thanks for listening, and I hope that that's been useful for you. Pass that on. The main the main lesson tonight is to look for the best deals on on savings, but also make sure you're not paying 18 20 30% and 40% and even 90% out on on credit with payday lenders and and loan sharks and that sort of thing and that how you can avoid that is by having an emergency contingency fund big companies have it councils have it councils have millions of pounds in reserves and when I was a councilor I said what do you need all this money for I said well we don't know what's going to happen there could be it's disaster relief money you know we they can survive a year or more on on their reserves most people can't even survive a month on on their reserves and if you talk about people like reserves what what are reserves you know they just they've got haven't got a clue so so there you go have some have some reserves and avoid that uh, bad credit deals thanks for listening bye for now thanks for for tuning in everybody thank you for listening to money tips for more tips and information visit moneytipsdaily.com